Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen. This is a podcast about hanging out in Copenhagen. I can beatbox the beat. Hello and welcome to the Six Show Podcast. Copy Copenhagen on 97.7 FM. My name is Owen and the man trying to beatbox next to me is Marius. Hello. How are you doing, Marius? I'm good. Good? Good. Yeah. That's good. You're listening to uh, Copy Copenhagen. You're a modern guy to living in the city of Denmark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's correct, Owen. And the, the, You're doing the well. country of Copenhagen. And the country of Copenhagen. <laughs> The city uh, of Denmark and the country of Copenhagen. Uh, It's only episode 100 and God knows what. I, I keep, We really should have I the intro down. I keep getting those two mixed up. <laughs> I keep getting those two mixed up. Yes, you are listening to Copy Copenhagen. Ah, we talk about everything about Denmark, Copenhagen, and mm. other things. Well, what are we? What, 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 what are we? What, what are we going to be talking about today, Marius? Well, there will be some Denmark stuff. Oh yeah, but we will also go to a galaxy far, far away. Oh, nice! I just came up with that one. Brilliant! I'm pretty happy. Pretty that proud. worked well. <laughs> uh, on today's show, yes, we'll kick it off with the classic news roundup. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a three uh, hot stories off the press. Then. We'll go to that galaxy far, far away to uh, uh, an interesting chat with um, Shabazz Sabar, uh, who is um, yeah, an actor, a uh, storyteller, uh, and uh, he is yeah, and a writer and a producer. Um, and he has um, for a couple of years now been working on uh, an epic Star Wars uh, fan film, but not just a fan. Like he's he's serious about it's this. It's a shit. big deal. He's yes. got some. Big names in it. There's some big names in it. I'm excited for this one because this is something I heard about two years ago. Yep. I'm sure a lot of people listening have heard about the guy making the Star Wars movie. Yep. So we got him in studio. We're going to hear about it. We got scoop on it. Uh, And then we got some hot tips and uh, that's a show. Is that the show? That's a show. That sounds like a show to me. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. You're on sick. Are you trying to beatbox again? (laughs) You want to hear my beatbox? The only no. Ah, oh. correct one. That's all I can do. But I was so impressed with myself when I figured out I can do two noises at the same time. Just a. It sounds. <laughs> it sounds like you're you're happy that you've got some really tough. Toffee. Fudge or toffee in your mouth. <laughs> you're like humming that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Right, yeah. 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 So uh, I'm, uh, I'm available for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, speaking about uh, open, uh, yep. there's a reopening happening. Oh, sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, the left block parties. So this uh, is the news, but are we into the news? Or are we still on yes, about this, big boxing? No, no, this, <laughs> this is the news. Is I just got an opening after doing that. <laughs> no. um, th- this is the news roundup. Okay. Uh, the, the left block parties have uh, reached an agreement regarding the uh, partial coronavirus lockdown reopening. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a pref pref a press conference. It's a uh, exactly exact happening right now as yeah. we're recording yeah. here on uh, Wednesday, the 24th of uh, February. So we're not going to be able to say what uh, what. Yes, we will. Oh, okay. Because uh, there has been uh, leaked some information. Oh, okay. Uh, you got your you you have your insider. Yeah, you got your guy. I got, I got my guy. Yeah. 
It's actually a woman. Um, it's a girl. Yeah. Lovely lady. Schools in uh, some regions uh, are reopening in uh, North Jutland and West Jutland. Uh, all graduating students in public schools, gymnasiums, and adult education can return, but only to 50% of capacity and only on the condition that they are tested twice a week. Twice a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's... that's and fi- how, who chooses the 50%? Uh, it's a coin toss, I've heard. According to my sauce, my sauce, your my sauce. sauce. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I don't know why they're starting in North Jutland and West Jutland, um, but uh, yeah, okay, that, that's where they're starting. Okay, uh, small. Is, yeah, is this meant to be? Is this going to start in March? Uh, this is. I think it's already from Monday. Holy smokes! Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, And uh, small shops, they can reopen. Uh, it's been confirmed that small shops will be uh, able to reopen from March 1st. Okay. But only with a limited uh, limit on customers. Yeah. Shops in shopping centers uh, and large stores in excess of 5,000 square meters in size cannot open. And the same applies to outlets in department stores. Uh, Is that hairdressers? Would hairdressers be small shops? If they're under 5,000 uh, square meters, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm assuming most hairdressers. My are. my local barber has quite a big <laughs> barber shop. The he sitting just, area is. He's, he's just a guy in a field. Yeah. <laughs> But then it's outdoors. Yeah. yeah. And there's good news. No, for, he's got. Uh, a, he's, he put a roof on it. Okay. He put a roof on it on, on the, the outdoors on the, on the field. field. Sorry. All right. No, I thought that'd be funnier <laughs> if I said it. I wish I didn't. Go on. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank God we can edit things here. No, I'm not gonna end no. that. I'm gonna leave that in for my own shame. Good. Uh, well, you said outdoors. Yeah. Good news for outdoors sports and, and Tivoli. <laughs> uh, uh, a gathering limit of 25 will be introdu- introduced for outdoor sports and association uh, activities. Meanwhile, entry into outdoor cultural institutions such as Tivoli will require a recent negative coronavirus test, no more than 72 hours old. So uh, that's what we know so far about ooh, sort of what will open up. Maybe there'll be more sort of... Um, I mentioned here in the press conference, uh, but that's sort of what I've been able to uh, find out so far. So you reckon we're going to have to like print, print off a recent test or something like that, or show it on our phone or something like this? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to document that you've had yeah, yeah. Yeah, tests. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty for people going to schools uh, this twice a week. That's that's a lot of testing. Yeah. Um, but they are looking into uh, more sort of gentle testing methods okay. uh, through saliva samples or stuff like that. So you don't have to get prodded with uh, some kind of uh, stick oh. uh, either in your, your... I haven't done the nose one yet. Oh, that, 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 that one. It was like this one was had a longer lasting... The throat one was sort of lasted longer. You were more like annoyed by it. Mm. But it was really fucking uncomfortable, the nose thing. thing. It was like... <laughs> felt like I was drowning. Um, I'm really on it with the sound effects today. You really are. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully sort of uh, the Maunus Heineke has promised uh, more restrictions will be lifted uh, should the infection numbers be deemed satisfactory. So, yeah. Okay. But this this is where we are now. Okay. Then uh, Facebook. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. Dave, uh, there's been some uh, some trouble in Australia. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah? No, I'm not doing an accent. Are you trying an accent? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah? No. No. <laughs> I've never been able to do an Australian accent. <laughs> 
Um, a new law that uh, would require the tech company to pay a fee for every single link, it's uh, for every single news link, um, is uh, likely to come to Denmark as well. Uh, really? Yeah. Culture Minister Joy Monson is uh, advocating similar measures uh, as they've done in Australia that could also see news posts be banned. Um, and uh, it's going to be part of a, a bill next month. So, I, I was I was quite happy to hear about this. Yeah, I was like, it's it's nice to see a country <clears throat> like standing co- up to yeah, the big co- tech, kind of con- controlling its sovereignty and being like, you know, we're we're, we're no, <laughs> mm. you can't come in and say those things. You can't like, I mean, like Facebook like threatened to, to pull um, news from f- Australian websites and stuff like that, or like they're they're. Facebook in Australia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was just like... Oh, well, they saw a massive dip in Australia, like the news. Yeah. Uh, and so they had to sort of encourage people to yeah, go on their actual sites mm-hmm. and not just go through Facebook, obviously. Yeah. Because um, that is how most people, I think, now find their news. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is not great. No. Not great. No. Guys, don't, don't, don't go to third-party outlets for news well i wouldn't say no don't like but be conscious about it like because it's not like i'm i don't trust the news news necessarily either so but there's have a broader sort of uh sort of when you're reading stuff you know don't just read one article check check yeah yeah check i like check other news outlets but also be very aware that like there's a difference between commentary and news Right, so mm. like for instance, um, Fox and CNN and all that have a load of um, opinion piece shows. Yeah, yeah. Like Hannity and all the other tripe yeah. is opinion. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to say all that shit because they're not actually becoming. They're not breaking stories. They're mm. talking about stories. Yeah, breaking a story and being an actual journalist, there is etiquette and there's there's rules and regulations to how you present that. Yeah, and there's responsibilities and there's there's Um, uh, backlash to breaking those or lying or, or or fucking around with them. So be very aware that there are news outlets that adhere to these rules. Mm. And like, okay, you can you can definitely give the same piece of information about one story on two different sides. That's true, right? That like you can it can both be a, a story from a legitimate story written from two different sides of the same coin, right? But there is still rules and regulations to make sure it's not total farce and like it's completely up uh, one-sided but on Facebook and all this there ain't no rules for that no that's no true. one's no one's keeping an eye on this no one's regulating that shit it's just being put up and it's not there's no way of uh, test check, checking if it's true or not mm. but that's that's where it's an it's a interesting conversation because Facebook is a private owned company Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's it's up to the uh, consumer to stay aware. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't tell Facebook not to put shit up there because it'll get clicks and they like it. Mm. But I'm saying to people who do think they can read an article on Facebook or whatever, don't take it as actual news. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um, but there, ha- there has been uh, much debate about this for some time now. Uh, and uh, Martin Ruby, uh, the head of the public uh, policy for uh, Benelux and Nordics at Facebook, has uh, sort of uh, yeah laughed at uh, as this at this proposal. 
Um, and in speaking to a journalist, he suggested that the media overestimates the uh, commercial value that uh, news has for Facebook, arguing that news posts uh, accounted for uh, 4% of all content. Hmm. Um, and they didn't, he argues that we don't think it's fair if a magazine can post a news item on Facebook and then send Facebook a bill. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, um, and I can see that argument to some extent that that also also creates sort of a, a strange incentive um, for these news outlets. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm not like yeah, I'm not quite sure where I am on this one actually. Okay. Um, but I do think there is some yes, sort of. It, it, I think it falls back on the consumer's responsibility very much. So how are you? How are you getting your news? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is also sort of, again, sort of the news media just been really slow to sort of pick up on what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that sort of people stop reading physical newspapers. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they were very slow to go online. Uh, fair enough, there wasn't like a good business model necessarily. And sort of, yeah. It was hard to figure out how to make money off of newspapers and mm. ad- advertising was dropping and stuff like that. Um, but this is again kind of, and I think it is a little bit sort of, I don't know how empathetic I can be with something like ABC or some of these major news networks mm-hmm. um, uh, crying over the fact that some other company that deals in information has found a smarter business model than them. Like, psh- I think that's a little, like, mm. I find it a little bit hard to, like, Rupert Murdoch's, uh, whatever his conglomerate of... Uh, News Corp. N- News Corp. Like, not really... I don't have that much empathy for that guy. I don't know. I haven't mm. figured out my own, own opinion on it. No, no. Uh, but it will be interesting to follow. And, uh, yeah, as as mentioned, there will be uh, um, be a bill here in, in mm. a month's time cool. that they're going to vote on. And finally, a very sad, sad uh, story. Oh. Uh, this is... Uh, that was a bit hard for me to talk about this. It's okay, Marius. We're here for you. Uh, have you ever had the... The Dumbly Lollipop? N- no. Well, you can't anymore. What? Yeah. I was, I was going to get one tomorrow. You can't. What? The Dumbly Lollipop um, is, uh, they've stopped producing it. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. It's its true. After more than 60 years, um, Facer has uh, ended the production of this iconic lollipop. Damn it! I know, this world is cruel. Why? <laughs> Take my eyes, but not the lollipop! <laughs> I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? <laughs> no, what's this? <laughs> It, don't you know Dumle? It's kind. Of, it's like a. It's how to explain this iconic lollipop? It's like a caramel, kind of toffee, mm. uh, lovely. Like you can get them in small, uh, small sort of th- chocolatey thingies you can put in your mouth. But they they then made a lollipop. Okay. Uh, and this lollipop is going out of production now. Is it like a particularly popular thing? Like it was uh, very popular here in Denmark. For but not no more. Uh, it might have had a decline, but right. it has a hardcore uh, f- uh, fan. Okay, uh, and I'm sure they're they're uh, they're very sad at the moment. Right. Um, 
But the reason I thought it was quite interesting, actually, because the reason why they're doing this, uh, according to to Facer, who's makes makes this lollipop, yeah. um, is that uh, the 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 craftsmanship and the recipe for this is so unique uh, that the lollipop cannot be produced sort of efficiently and uh, sort of sustainably. Um, the machine that produces this, yeah. and I think this is amazing, has to be operated by hand power. What? And it requires special spare parts that they can't find anymore. Uh, no. This is why they have the second one. No. <laughs> it's true. Uh, that's their statement. That's this is, like I don't know why would they say this. No, that's hand powered. Really? Hand powered. Wow. Yeah. And it's not like a like a. You know, this is a big ass company. That, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. A, that's why I'm thinking. Like, yeah. like generally speaking, generally speaking, these big big companies like mass production, mm. they have on site engineers mm-hmm. to build these parts for them. You don't like you like you. Okay, fair enough. It's a really really finicky, but it can't be. It's a fucking lollipop. It can't be that specialized. And it, it's literally just this caramel toffee on a stick. There's nothing What? special about it. But I don't know, maybe it's because it's the consistency when, like, they and and like how it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's. Uh, I don't know. It sounds a bit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man. Speaking of news, I don't know about that you one. Don't know about that, one. that sounds a bit. You can double check it. It I was will. both on DR and TV two. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, but this is not the only. Uh, apparently, there's a there's a candy lexicon. Yeah. Uh, that uh, follows the the sort of uh, trends within candy, uh-huh. and um, we've had to say a bye to a, to a few um, over the years. Yes. So here are three that we've had to say goodbye to here in Denmark. That was the uh, candy cigarettes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Both you can get a chocolate or a gum flavor or a version. Get gum. Yeah. You can get gum. That. I had the yeah. chocolate one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then uh, bun bun bonbons, which is like a Danish candy maker. They're owned by Tom's now, but um, bonbons, some, yeah, 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 it's French, isn't it? I think originally, yeah, bonbons, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's something called bonbon, okay, like a brand here, okay, okay. They have their own theme park, bonbon land. What? Yeah, and I think it's in Jutland, or maybe it's actually on. Yeah, I can't remember. Right. Where it is, but yeah, there's, yeah they have their there? theme park and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, my it's god. Obviously closed, but yeah. uh, uh, but they used to make something like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, store babsa, which basically means big titties. <laughs> store babsa, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they had uh, something called uh, duty bamsen, which is slang for sex. Uh, they had some. What was it? Was this chocolate bar? What was no, it? No, it was like some vine wine gums, and these big titties were like these sort of <laughs> <laughs> some bonbons you could uh, suck on. Uh, yes. Uh, oh my god! They're yeah. uh, after Tom uh, bought bonbon. They're, yeah. They've changed that more. They're faced them out of production. Right. And then there was uh, the lange uh, yen, which is basically slang for penis. Mm. It's a fruity caramel stick with uh, yeah. Mm. So, uh, yes. Fun, fun things. Rest in peace, Dumle, uh, Lollipop, and uh, Candy Cigarettes, Big Titties, and uh, Langian. <laughs> Dem the news. Dem the news. What news they are. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad I'm glad the the, 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 um, the, the cig- chocolate cigarettes are, are, are gone, because uh, yeah, they're, they're the direct reason I took up smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went into the shop as a kid, tried to get the chocolate cigarettes. They were sold out, so I just got a packet of benches and hedges. <laughs> I'll have a 20 pack of benches and hedges, please. <laughs> I ate them all. I ate them all. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly I was hooked. <laughs> oh, do you see um, um, snooze's, they're like, they're trying to bring snooze into like, 
mainstream out of, out of Scandinavia, outside of Scandinavia now. Oh, yeah, I don't. I I'm not sure where specifically, but um, some company is um, getting uh, uh, influencers on Instagram. Yes, and stuff. that's true. I did see yeah something about some influence Instagram influencers. Yeah, yeah having snooze. Yeah, I I reckon. I don't. I reckon it's gonna catch on. Yeah, I think people will get into it, especially if there's like gobshites on Instagram being like, mm, it's "Good for the, it's good for the lungs." You know, how do you? Like, I can't imagine someone getting into it. No, but yeah, well, yeah, that. But also, how do you advertise snooze? It's such. I think, like, I'm a smoker myself, and yeah. I realize that um, it's a filthy habit. Mm. But I will argue that smoking looks way cooler <laughs> than sticking a tiny little tiny tea bag tea bag yeah, yeah. up under your lip. Tiny tiny tea bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. sucking on it. Yeah, like that. That's Again, the brown, never seen the, in a if, film. If somebody it, just some hot chick just <laughs> and uh, then like the tobacco running down your teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Yeah. yeah, good luck, whichever sort of uh, uh, influencer who's gonna try I, but and I, make I think, this I think, sexy I think, or cool. I think or... it'll because the thing was, I was like, when I first moved to Denmark, I was like, oh, that's quirky and interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of into that. Uh, I tried it a couple of times, nearly passed out. Yeah, got sick. Yeah, fucking uh, hardcore stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, um, as a smoker, I can't do. Yeah, I, it's uh, but like too much nicotine. And, and then um, I dated somebody who. Uh, Use them strong, mm-hmm. like strong ones. Yeah, um, and I got really used to the taste. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so much so I liked it in the end. Uh oh. But then, uh, but then no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That's why you broke up. You had to. I was like, for the good of my health, <laughs> for so many reasons. I love you, but I have to leave you. <laughs> I cannot afford an addiction like this. Um, But yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think it could be like this like weird I'm, thing. It might, get it into. might, it might. I was surprised that it caught on more here in Denmark because uh, it used to be sort of Swedes and I think people from Norway also. Swedes, definitely Swedes. It's okay. weird. It's so. I mean, of course, if you do it, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> But to see it as yeah. someone who's never seen it before, you're like, what? The fuck are you yeah. Doing? yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Well, let's see. let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, interesting to follow. Yeah. Uh, what's also interesting to follow uh-huh. has been um, the creation of uh, what I think is going to be the, the 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 best Star Wars fan film. Yes, it's yeah. I'm. If you don't know what we're talking about, there has been either you directly know about this or you've heard about it mm-hmm. from someone. Yes. Oh, the Danish Star Wars. For sure. Uh, and as we kind of also talk about in the interview, Danes are Denmark and we're not known for making uh, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, very much into our social realism, mm-hmm. um, sort of, yeah, family dramas, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some cheesy family comedy stuff. Uh, and then there's last one, Trier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you referenced it. <laughs> uh, this is his own bag. Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, a good friend of mine and uh, uh, yeah, um, an ambitious and driven guy, Shabazz Savar, uh, joins us uh, to talk about his project, Shrouded Destiny. I know you as a an actor. I can't remember when I did. I I met you the first time. I a short film. Short. Film. Didn't we meet before? Or did we meet before? We met. 
when I applied for uh, the the oh, well, you also did. Oh, the theater schools. Yeah, the theater schools. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, see, this is such a long time ago. In my head, I'm imagining you being nervous. Oh, I was definitely nervous. Okay. I need myself in the face. What? I was so nervous. <laughs> what? What was this? <laughs> I remember we were doing. I think it was 2012. Yeah, it was one of the later years for my for my part. Uh, I think I applied 11 or 12 times before I understood that that wasn't a road for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, was it when we had the joint um, warm ups or? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was doing some kind of. Some kind of animal, be an animal exercise. So this is a, like acting school. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. And they have these. Yeah, there's a bit of a warm up kind of until you do your monologue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I I did a very aggressive monkey, I think. And mm. I, monologue. No, no. Oh, okay, okay. From classic. From Shakespeare is one of Shakespeare's <laughs> finest. <Is it> Hanuman. <laughs> yeah. The Jungle Book, you know. But no, I think that's actually where I met you uh, okay, the yeah. first time. Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and then later we uh, attempted a short film. Yeah, and as I read on your bio, you've uh, you've been in quite a few that have <laughs> where you lend your uh, acting skills for free uh, mm-hmm. to a product that never yeah amounted. It happens. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about uh, that uh, project that never happened. Uh, <laughs> thank God for that. Uh, Let's talk about another project. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's very much in the making still. Yes. Uh, but uh, you um, embarked on uh, an insane uh, project. Yes. One one might say, uh, creating your own sort of uh, Star Wars f- film s- TV show, basically. Mm. Yeah, you could say that. Now, yeah. this it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad we were able to have you in and talk about this because this is something I heard about two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. This was just like known in Copenhagen that there's this guy, he's making a Star Wars movie and it's a big deal. Like there's, there's like, there, but because I, I, no, I, I'm, I met people who like tried to get on it and like people who like were knew someone who knew someone who was working with it and, and it was like this big project happening. So I, there was like a Copenhagen lore Mm. about this for mm. for quite some time. Yeah. So I'm quite interested to hear about it now because I, I always knew that somewhere in the ether there's a Star Wars movie being made here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. how did how did why why did you start this? Sprouted um, Destiny uh, which is the title. Yes. Okay, so um the ironically titled Shrouded Destiny a Star Wars long tale um is a um it's a it's a Star Wars fan film. Um, it's in the tradition of many fan films that have been made over the past two decades, um, mm. mostly in the States, um, but also in different parts of the world. Uh, Italy um, has some of the biggest uh, Star Wars fan films, like lengthwise, but also production-wise. Um, okay. I think it was called uh, Dark Resurrection. There's a series there. So it's it's not um, it's unknown for us in Denmark mostly, um, but it is something that is known in the uh, quite... Um, um, enthusiastic Star Wars uh, fandom environment that that's something that happens mm-hmm. um, for my sake it started after watching Force Awakens uh, in December 2015 um, I've always wanted to be a part of the Star Wars universe um, as an actor because it's a childhood dream eh? you want to be in that colorful uh, crazy colored uh, I said color twice mm-hmm. um, a universe where everything seems possible mm. and um, 
And uh, when um, when Disney was announced as now having purchased Lucasfilm, this was in October 2012. Mm. I was like, I have to be a part of this. Like now, like for me, it was just like, oh, now that they're making them, I'm obviously going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of megalomaniac you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, so when that film came out, I was inspired to, to make a fan film um, because it had awakened something in me and then three weeks after I'd watched it the first time in cinemas I had finished my first draft you, you, you'd, you'd acted before this but had you written um, okay so so my acting it started in 2004 uh, mm. I've been an actor ever since but you know it, it, it's it's you know it's not a protected title so you know anyone can be an actor if they've done one short film or sweet nice. um, <laughs> but It's also about like where are you mentally when mm-hmm. it comes to something like that. I had written and directed a fair amount of short films by that time, like six. Okay, um, but they were always geared towards giving me some material that I could use for my showreel because I okay. felt my showreel was lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just for those who might not understand what a showreel is, uh, yes, a showreel is like a visual resume. So if you have someone who writes, they've been in 10 short films, uh, like, okay, fine, that's good. But that doesn't necessarily show you any of their talent or, you know, what their expression is, um, their voice, their physicality. Mm. So a showreel is just like if you can show two minutes of your work. Mm-hmm. So people, uh, casters and directors, producers have a quick idea of what you bring to the table. Okay. Um, and I felt mine was lacking. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt that uh, it was difficult for me to... To, to gain the kinds of parts that I felt I could do. So I thought, why sit and moan uh, and mm. waste my time? Um, start cracking, start writing, mm. and uh, get people together to to make something and uh, hopefully make it so it's also worth for them to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And that was a very instrumental part of how I could you know muster up this whole project because that mentality of making something not just for yourself but for others is is the way to go yeah. for my sake when you can't pay him mm-hmm. um so um so it came from that it was a mixture of the fact that i already had some experience as a writer and as a director uh working with myself um i'm, I'm quite uh, easy and uh, very attentive uh, to my director <laughs> when it's me um and it just felt like the right time and um i had uh I had this ambition. It was it was a thing I've been working on for quite a few years by this time that I want to work with Lars Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. I had um, at a previous like street encounter seen him and then outwardly spoken to him and said that I was a big fan and I wanted to work with him. And through that interaction, I managed to get his contact information. Mm. And uh, it was like, okay. So now that I've gotten his contact information, now it's going to happen mm-hmm. because he said so. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was an idiot, I was like, oh, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sent him an email. I'd uh, finished a 30 pages um, short film, mm-hmm. explained what the idea was. And uh, then he respectfully declined. <laughs> I don't even know if you read the thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, to be fair, he was quite busy. He mm-hmm. had three major projects, two in Denmark and one in America. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, And in his very kind, diplomatic way, he said, like, realistically, I I could do this in two years. Mm-hmm. And because he thought he understood my drive, 
he was like, if I say two years, he's going to go looking somewhere else and leave me alone. Mm -hmm. For me, that two years was like, it was in the back of my head. Like, okay. Uh, during like those two years, he worked on two series, a documentary series, um, a fiction series in Denmark and a fiction series in um, the States, uh, House of Cards. Mm -hmm. Um And yeah, just Lars Mikkelsen, well-known Danish actor, one of our well, finest. One of our finest. But, and uh, But maybe sadly, mostly known for being Mass Mikkelsen's older brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think in the recent years, he's gotten more traction. For sure. For sure. Um, with his parts in House of Cards oh, and uh, Sherlock Holmes, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of uh, The Witcher as well. Yeah. I've always wanted more for him. <laughs> um, and and I know it sounds really arrogant coming from like, you know, an indie filmmaker prospect with no budget or no, no really real discernible resume um, to back my words up. But I honestly think that if this dream I have becomes reality, um, this would be the, like the signature defining role for Lars Mikkelsen. That's a difficult thing to say in a country where everyone's like, I'm just glad to be alive. <laughs> uh, and this is, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> everyone is just content. And if they're content, they're super happy. Mm. Um, and then there's a guy like me who comes out and says, if I don't own the world, nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it not competitive out there, like in like in, in the Danish like film industry, writing and producing these kind of like standout pieces? Well, It's just the way you say like that you, you clearly had a drive and he, he notices, but it's... It, Do you, do you see a difference between the, your drive and other Danish writers and actors? I think my drive is unfortunate in the sense that I'm driven towards storytelling that isn't usually uh, in the norm of Danish film telling. Okay. Um, because if I had a passion towards drama or social dramedy realism. or social realism, stuff like that, mm. I think I would have had a bang up career, uh, really like knocking them out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and not to say that I don't have these interests, but like, uh, when I started, you know, talking about this project and I started making like the news waves as well, mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people, when they were asking people connected to the project, like they thought I was like a kook <laughs> because I was unusual in my way of speaking. And I also think that's one of the reasons why I even got so much media attention. I, I was talking about a film that hadn't even shot its first frame mm -hmm. on national television. And there was this optimism about it. And um, mm. you usually have that kind of optimism reserved for people who have made a film where like, oh, we've heard great buzz about this. Yeah, How yeah, do you yeah. feel? Yeah. But talking about it before it's even happened, I was like, I couldn't really put a finger on it. Like, Did this surprise you? And was it maybe also a bit of, oh, I, I better fucking make a film. <laughs> um, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because I knew that if I was going to hook Lars onto the project... Um, this would get the deserved attention that I've always felt it should have had. Mm. Um, because um, in the beginning when we spoke about Eric, uh, Eric Alejandro Gonzalez, who was um, my co-director on the Star Wars film, he, during, um, when I was interviewing different directors, because I wanted a co-director, mm -hmm. because this was too big for me to handle myself. Mm. And he, he was very forthcoming and said, like, in the beginning, this is not going to happen. You're an idiot, almost saying it in that way. Mm. And um, and then he helped me with, like, some of the final stages of the short film that I used to lure Larson and other people of the Danish industry. Um, so um, because of the fact that he was so honest about where he had come from and yeah. also because I had worked with him before. Eric. Eric, on that <laughs> film we're still waiting for. Um <laughs> I was like, I think this is the guy. I need a person who is, 
who kind of already says like I'm kind of against you mm. um, because that it might accidentally wind up that we make the wrong decision because we're all like, oh, this is amazing because of this and that. Yeah, we can't, I needed go, someone. We can't go wrong. We can't make a bad decision. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. needed a person who was like, who could like pick away um, the glossy image and go, you need to fix this mm. um, and say it to my face. <laughs> so, But you not only got uh, Lars Mikkelsen, who's a, who's a big name, you also got some people from from like a really, really uh, the stunt uh, the woman. Yeah, uh, Lauren Ogadigbo, um, who um, works in London, uh, has a base out of London, um, who has done stunts for Justice League, Wonder Woman, uh, Ready Player One, um, several television series. And... Um, And I also got a Hollywood cinematographer who born and raised in Denmark, went to Hollywood 15 years, came back because America sucked at the time um, because of something, um, <laughs> some election that went awry. And uh, I was lucky to catch him in, in, in a point in his life, uh, Daniel Stilling, um, who was looking to get into the Danish industry. Yeah, okay. Right. Because when I got his resume, it was like, Like there's stuff like Scrubs and Criminal Minds and The Martian on, and I was like, dude, have you, have we misunderstood something? Because <laughs> this resume does not match what it is I'm coming forth with. Even though I'm, you know, I'm fond of myself and all that, but I was like, oh, I might, I might have said something that gave him the wrong idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but then he explained his motives, and I was like, okay, no, okay, I can actually, I can actually be of service to you. Hmm. So that's why I also started collaborating with him. How big of a Yeah, crew have you kind of had sort of working on this sort of on and off because yeah, yeah, now yeah. you're in post-production yeah, yeah. yeah okay so of... so we thought we were going to be done in um, 2019 our first teaser trailer from December 2018 very calmly and serenely had 2019 written in the end um, and <laughs> we're in 2021 and we're still in post-production so <laughs> there's probably a lesson to be learned um, we in the pre-production phase we had about 150 people involved. Um, that happened mainly because there was a production school called Next in Hallu, I believe, that got involved with building um, the stage, um, the, the the major set piece of the episode, mm. which is a which is a, a bar, um, like an organic looking bar, and um, very fortunate to have that. Like to to imagine, like to have written something, it's like. Like the stuff I'd written for the bar was it was it was meager. I'd written it was um, it was a bar. It had like a dirty kind of like earthy, organic kind of look. Mm. It seemed like it was carved within the surface, um, and uh, that's it. Sort of. And there was like different <laughs> alien types and and species in there. Mm. But when you were writing this, were you thinking? Were you writing sort of from a perspective of okay, this is something I'm gonna do with next to no budget. Uh, yeah, set designs, probably not. Or were you like, fuck it, I'm gonna write the sort of the epic Star Wars tale that I want to be in and see, and you know, I'll write it, and then we'll see, you know, what's possible. Well, what was your mindset? That's a good question. Um, I think then that's a tip for anyone who's working uh, with writing, where they're working on a limited budget, um, or if they don't know what kind of budget they'll get. Um, that is, you should write the story that you want to see and do. Mm. And then, this also comes with experience because I've done a couple of short films already. I know that a lot of the stuff, like I don't have enough traction to 
to get all the things I want. But because there was this buzz around town about this project, I was able to, with my producers, um, Jasmine Christensen and Rasmus Doolings, I was able to get some pretty sweet deals um, on like camera equipment, stages, mm. um, and um, you know all kinds of transportation, like anything that you need to make a film. I was really lucky to get that. Where where did funding come for this? So um, it's it's multi pronged. Um, I think like a third of the budget mm-hmm. comes from me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's one of those classic ones. If you want people to invest in something, you got to invest in it yourself. Mm. So for me, it was like, either it's a down payment for, you know, an apartment at some time, or it's this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't have my own apartment. Um, because I felt this was like, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've always been fortunate to find a place to live here in, uh, in Denmark and in Copenhagen. And um, I'm fine with renting stuff. I don't really need to own something right now. Um, but when I, I, I felt like there was a calling kind of um, to do this thing. And it didn't the, feel like the awakening. the awakening. And it didn't even feel like a bad investment. Like even when we come to April this year, it's going to be four years since I announced I wanted to do this. Mm. Um, and it still doesn't feel like a bad investment which I'm glad that I still feel that because there has been fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, so a third comes from me. Then uh, we launched a uh, crowdfunding campaign on mm-hmm. Kickstarter, mm-hmm. Um, which secured about um, one-fifth of the budget, uh, one-sixth of the budget. And um, then we uh, spoke to some, uh, like I had a, a small producers team who called everyone <laughs> yeah. uh, to... Um, to get them to throw money into this or at least to donate stuff so we wouldn't have to worry about food or drink. Um, but yeah, so to begin with, I was like writing to people, like begging for their attention. I'd be like, you know, go away. Hmm. Um, and then it was like when the news hit the, the airwaves about Lars being a part of it, it was like every day I was like getting like 20 emails a day from hmm. people wanting to be a part of it. Wow. Um, in the acting department, I had to choose from more than 80 people. Wow. Uh, I only had 30 um, parts in front of the camera. So mathematically speaking, I was going to disappoint a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, so there, there there was a lot of interest when he came on. Mm. A lot. And I was fortunate that Lars came on before we released the short film because it automatically helped the short film get some more credibility. Like people were like, oh, I really want to see this because he mm. managed to sucker Lars into it. So yeah. it can't be half bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where, where are you now, four years on? So... Um, we have finished 95% of the edit. Now, there are two segments that aren't finished in the edit because they're dependent on visual effects and music. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're up at like a 65-minute runtime and then five minutes for credits, so 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. To begin with, when I envisioned this thing, it was like, if it's 45 minutes, that's good enough because yeah. I wanted it to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to really be able to delve into characters because this is what I felt the fan film environment was missing. Yeah. Um, proper yeah, storytelling. A lot of them that I've seen have maybe been more focused on, oh, we can do some really cool uh, lightsaber yeah. effects. And yeah. that's more been sort of what I got was like the drive for them. That yeah. was the fun. It was, it was cool. a lot of fans who were interested to relive their fantasies about being in the Star Wars universe. And, you know, for, for those people who get that out of it, I think that's fine. That's great. Mm. There are people who have who immensely enjoy watching these short films. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, 
I'm not knocking on them. What I wanted to do was to just take all the, um, you know, all the connections I have and all the, the ambition I have and, and, and what I feel is a unique way of looking at the Star Wars universe and try to uh, kind of put forth the challenge to the Danish film industry and say, you know, where are we right now? Mm. Because I know that we have visual effects studios who are working hard on projects outside the country, but they're not really doing that much. Like, you have visual effects companies working on visual effects here in Denmark on Danish projects, but it's more in the visual effects that you don't notice. Mm. Like, you know, that's also good visual effects when there's a computer effect and you don't notice, like, mm -hmm. you know, a car crash or blood or whatever, all that kind of stuff, removals. But... You have the companies working on the Star Wars films and Marvel films, and they're not employing their skills here in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why? Mm. Because we don't tell the stories. Um, and I think The Rain was maybe I the, think the first yeah. big sci-fi. That's a Netflix one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got Kata, but, but like Kata also has like a social realistic background, a backdrop to its storytelling. Um, but like like really hardcore sci-fi, you have to go back to like late 90s to a film called The Shadow. Hmm. I think it's called uh, with Lars Bo, Skuken. Okay. I haven't watched it. Nope. Um, it. It's it's from that decade where I didn't really watch a lot of Danish films. I started watching Danish films from like the mid noughties. Um, mm. That's the zeros, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it'd be awkward to say I didn't watch from the 90s. And then I used another expression for the 90s. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never been to America, but to New York. Like, oh, um, so where where yeah. does where does it stand with your finished production? You have what you've been dreaming, what what you've worked on, what you've put together with this an amazing crew. What would be the next step be? Like Disney clearly has skyrocketed into doing the movies, and then they've put back from the movies and are doing loads of online content. Or not actually, yeah, it is online. Yeah, yeah. Like an online stuff, but like uh, TV shows, slightly and stuff like more that. expensive web series. I mean, goddamn, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where where do you and your production sit in that? Is it something that Disney would show interest in? Is it something that you could? But like, is there not legal issues for doing something under the Star Wars name? Well. um... Uh, like I said earlier, this is um, this is um, this is continuing the tradition of fans who have done it for twenty years. Mm. It uh, has its blessings from Lucasfilm and also um, really when, when Disney uh, took over, they had to decide if they were going to fall in the same footsteps because Lucasfilm had fan film awards. Mm. Oh my god, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. So but you could send material in, and then they would, and and you know, like some big folks at Lucasfilm would watch it, and then give awards and stuff like that. So. It's it's been a thing for a long time. At this point, well, when I started out with this idea of making a Star Wars um, television series pitch, um, at that time there were no announced Star Wars TV series. Like everyone with half a brain cell knew that Disney was obviously going to try and make TV series. Yeah, mm. but there was nothing out there publicly for yeah. people to be like, "Oh, Shabazz is just trying to do that thing." So my idea was to have. Um, focus on bounty hunters because I know from the Star Wars fan community that bounty hunters are the shiz. Mm. And um, I wanted to explore a time era that hadn't been explored um, in the films or the um, the animated shows at the time. So coming away from the Skywalker saga. And then The Mandalorian was announced, which, which was, you know, about a bounty hunter in the outer rims of the galaxy, which was what I was doing. Mm. Um, and uh, and now they have the High Republic, which is um, exploring a timeline 200 years before episode one. 
So what I've taken from that is that I seem to be in touch with the Star Wars fan community with regards to the content they want. Mm -hmm. Now, with regard to how many series they're now pushing out, like I, I was... I was very intent on what was going to happen on, at Disney Investors Day on the 10th of December last year because I wanted to see what are they going to say. And the only show that's going to be exploring something that's not from the Skywalker era is the Acolyte. So they're still investing in the Skywalker saga era. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money they're going to put into it, no doubt. And uh, if the pandemic doesn't start lifting up, like, you know, going away so they can start having their theme parks opening up again... It's going to be interesting to see how they budget-wise are going to be, um, like, if, if they're going to have to be cheaper than The Mandalorian. Mm. Because, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the money. Like, how can I ask Disney for money to do this if I even get the meeting? Mm -hmm. um, if they're all, like, completely, like, our ties, you know, our investments is, is tied into this, yeah. which makes sense. <laughs> um, it's um, what I have right now is uh, an almost 70 minutes uh, fan film. Uh, I have an outline for a series that I want to uh, introduce to them. And um, I've almost finished writing the first episode. Um, but from that point, then going onwards with the pandemic in the way has been very difficult mm -hmm. because we had different plans of going to the States using LinkedIn and various uh, internet sources to try and find the people around the um, what's it called, the Lucasfilm Board of Directors, mm. and then trying to, like, make some relationships there. Like, kind of like doing the thing you do in Hollywood when you're trying to... You networking. need someone to vouch for yourself. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Um, but it's really hard to network when you literally can't go shake a hand. Um, mm. So so our plans are a bit different um, now uh, compared to before. Mm. So it's still it's still up in the air. The, the stuff I can do is I can focus on writing my stuff um, with... Um, with the intent of it's going to happen. Yep. And then the world will have to, you know, throw its dice the way it does. Mm. It's a shrouded destiny for all of us. It is. It is indeed. Well, it, it's 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 been uh, amazing to follow this um, uh, from the from the sideline uh, this project, and uh, it's, uh, I recommend if if people out there haven't seen the trailer, I highly recommend seeing the trailer. Oh, we uh, What? We'll have it up, definitely. We'll have it up, for sure, for sure. I like to talk off mic sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, I've also been, as an actor myself, or maybe I'm, I think I'm more one of those actors who just take it and put it on me, where I feel like you've actually done more of the... the uh, the hard work, um, uh, n not uh, not only in front of a camera or on stage, but also sort of the, the, the preparation. I know you've done some stunts, training, sort of. And I remember when, before this whole Star Wars thing, I saw some of your sort of... Um, uh, yeah, show reels. I saw this one take kind of one you did. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that one? Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I've always been quite sort of like, oh, this, this is the way you should you should go about it. So, uh, oh, a Mandalorian it, kind of sentence there. Oh, mm. <laughs> this is this is the way that he said that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen the Mandalorian? Just to be, I, I actually haven't. Uh, it's actually it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. Have you seen it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just wanted to yeah. finish uh, my point there, being that sort of. Um, 
And because, yeah, you have seemed quite ambitious and sort of had a, a drive that I've sometimes been like, why don't you have that drive, Marius? Uh, <laughs> you should do that fucking thing. <laughs> but uh, do you think, uh, like, that's part of your personality, but do you think that also comes a bit with sort of this, uh, with your background as Pakistani and sort of that it is sometimes a bit harder? And I don't know, have you felt a bit of this being typecast into some things and sort of having, like, and maybe this has spurred you on to sort of, fuck it, I'm going to write my own um, epic. Well, I think as an actor in Denmark, or in general, as an artist, um, you need to have an incredible amount of self-discipline. Mm. Um, because as time will move on, there's just so much stuff coming out and so many people existing who are all waving their arms at the people trying to get them to see them. And we still only have 24 hours in a day. Mm. Um, so it was it was a mixture of like at the very basic level if you want to be an actor it's going to be a difficult life now if you're a brown actor in a largely homogenous society um, as Denmark is yes it's going to be more difficult the the journey for my sake has very much been about not looking at it with a sense of bitterness but more like just factually Mm. That if you're dealing with um, people who have a worldview that is defined by who they're around at the time and the people who are making these films or TV series are mostly around white people, that's what they're subconsciously and naturally going to be making things for. And I actually don't say this in a judgmental fashion. I'm just really trying to be as objective and empathetic to the the film industry uh, and television industry um, as possible. Because if you look at Bollywood, well, obviously all of their films are with brown people. And there's a reason for that. There are a lot of brown people in India, mm. even though their films are shown all over the world. It's the world's biggest film industry. Yeah, It's bigger than Hollywood, yet they cater to only Indians. And then everyone else is like, oh, this is awesome. I would like to see this as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, here you go. Um, and... I think the business aspect needs to be understood as well. Um, when you try to figure out, like, how do I market this to different cultures if I don't understand those cultures? Bearing in mind, you still have those 24 hours. Um, I was like, they don't have a chance. Like, the industry doesn't have a chance to understand what it is I'm coming from. Mm. So I can sit and wait for um, a change to come about in a natural way. Or I can start doing my part to make the odds um, be in my favor as well. That's why I started writing. Um, because it was like, well, if, if you have a hard time figuring out a story to write for me, and I don't have a hard time figuring out a story to write for me, why don't I write a story <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for me? Um, and um, And that's, I think that's the way that it has to go from now on, that more people, um, and this is the annoying thing if you just want to be an actor, like it's a hard, it's a hard job, like to empathetically understand another human being so much that you can go out and say, I get this person. And now I'm going to show you over the course of 90 minutes or, you know, 10 hours if it's a series. Um, if you also have to write, it's, it's, a, it's an entirely different craft. Mm. And I understand that it's unfair from the time where you're like, oh, I hope someone calls me and then I, I can, like, if you put the spotlight on me, then 
I will shine. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to build the spotlight and the stage where you have to stand on, and you also have to operate the spotlight to fire down on you, and then go, here I am. Uh, so it's it's definitely harder. With the added, uh, I'm brown, so it's harder because of the homogenous society thing. I um, I've been watching the um, the Last Dance um, uh, Netflix documentary mm-hmm. about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, mm-hmm. and I've been very inspired by that. Um, I, I'm 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 actually at this point where I'm, like, I'm trying to should I be more like Michael Jordan, but at the same time, he didn't necessarily have a lot of friends. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but he also got a lot of stuff done, and um, for me, like the my greatest frustration right now is that I have had a lot of projects. I have the Star Wars thing right now. Um, and it's not finished. Because it's not just about me. It's a lot of people who have their uh, ambitions and their hopes connected to this thing. Um, but my ambition comes from the um, the story I've told myself based on how I've observed the world, going, this is going to be more difficult for you. If you want to be an actor in Denmark, life is going to be much harder for you than it's going to be for other people who are white. Are you going to accept that or are you going to quit or move to a country where you will have greater chances based on your skin color, but then you are going to even out the odds again because, oh, well, now it's a lot of brown people. So it's the same thing again, right? Um, So in that sense, I'm actually happy that I am here trying to make a, a living for myself despite the odds that are against me because... I've like the, the 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 push towards me has made so that I push harder away saying no I will not be restricted by the color of my skin mm. or it's just in general the way I look or anything I'm going to show you why I have been knocking on your door and why it has been worth for you to open that damn door and um I think that's something that you should do regardless of how you look Thank you so much for for coming in. Thank, Thank you for, for having me. sharing your story. Uh and uh yeah, go check out this trailer and uh hope to see something in uh, 2021. <laughs> <Me> 2022. <laughs> 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 Who knows? <laughs> Thanks to uh, Shabas for uh giving us that scoop. Yeah, it was uh it was it's it's very um motivating stuff. Yeah, for sure. Motivating for sure, stuff. For sure. Um Yeah, and he's he's done several interviews about this so they got a lot of buzz from sort of Danish media. Uh, mm-hmm. Slightly larger than our podcast what yeah just a little bit um but uh i think this is the first time he's done an english interview about it so oh nice i consider it a scoop yeah definitely definitely (laughs) yes and fascinating to hear about yeah you got a question for me um when are you gonna get a haircut never (laughs) (laughs) and also do you have any hot tips mary says hot tips hot tips i certainly do i certainly do Uh, first one, the first two. Oh yeah. Oh, the, the, it's 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 one, but it's two. It's it's Just, complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. It's, it can't be. It, can, <laughs> it cannot be complicated. It's very complicated. Go on. Uh, no, it's um uh I, I stumbled upon this on Facebook. Uh, something called a radio uh, garden. I know this. You know this, yeah. I I I I've listened to it lots in my time. Mm. I I don't know if it's a new thing or it's an old thing. Oh, I I found it five years ago. Okay, so, so get with the times, man. Get with the times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on, go on, go on. Uh, but I think it sort of it's extra maybe fun to play around with in these times. Yeah. Uh, because uh, this is a radio. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but when you click on the radio garden, you just come into like a globe. Mm-hmm. 
our globe. This is online. This is a website, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not a radio. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then you can just sort of spin the globe and uh, dive into uh, radio stations across the world. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. It's very cool. I did it when I was traveling, um, and I, I did it when I was in Iran years ago, and because it was one of the few. Because Iran is very heavily uh, censored the internet, right? Mm. So you need VPNs for everything. And I don't think I had a proper VPN at the time. I hadn't downloaded one. Um, so it was one of the few, like audio websites I could use, right? Oh, to yeah, get like yeah. BBC News or whatever and things like this. But for some reason. I kept clicking on this shitty, I think it was a Norwich radio station, mm-hmm. like north of London. And it was just like this, like, uh, 98 FM rock for all the golden classics, oh, right? Yeah, okay. One of those ones. I so think I, I've heard that because yeah. I was in Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was like, well, it could have been, it could have been the same one because oh. it's just like an old school rock station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this guy, and the way I describe him is, yeah, I think he was a morning Uh, you know, like he had the morning slots, so like eight till twelve or something like that, right? Drive time morning stuff. Um, and the way I would describe him is, he probably worked. F- It is actually Alan Partridge. Now that I think about it, he yeah. probably worked for the BBC at some stage, right? <laughs> got dropped, got real bitter about it, and just kept that bitterness with him because he just complained about everything: taxi drivers, gardeners, buses, kids, adults, elderly. Everything was a snarky comment from him, and mm. I used to love listening to him mm. and getting angry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I would just be sitting like like on a bus in Iran or whatever, going somewhere and or hiking or something, and listening to this guy and be like, "You, you fucking idiot!" I mean, <laughs> I was just nice to have a little rivalry with someone who didn't know I, I could even hear him. It was just yeah, it, yeah. it was just little. I'm like, if I if I write a letter to you now and so come back, and it, <laughs> it was it was wonderful. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, okay. Uh, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, very partridge. Um, but yeah, so check out Radio Garden. There's also Radio, which is a uh, kind of a What? different. Uh, this is not radio stations, but um, it's more. It's kind of the same thing. You have a map here instead of just a globe. But here, this you can one I know as well. Click on different countries uh, and sort of create your own little musical radio station kind of thing. I. It, Where just correct me if I'm wrong. And you can set time era. Yes, like you can, you can pick say the era like and the genre. Venezuela, right? uh, 1974. And then like punk or something like that. I think, or maybe I'm wrong with that. I don't think you can pick. Maybe you can pick. I think you can, but yeah, you can, and you can just yeah. listen to music from that time in that place. Yeah, it's yeah. class. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking to spice up your uh, playlists uh, or your music, um, check Turkish out. Turkish psych, Turkish 70s psych is really good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, Japanese jazz. Oh yeah, Recommend that's that. another good one. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. I was listening to um, British prog rock. Uh, the other Camel. Do you know Camel? That band? No. Nope. Oh, very hard poggy. to swallow. Super. Hey, hey. nice. <laughs> Regular listeners may get that. <laughs> Doubt it. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, it's fun to listen to random stuff and. Yep. Yep. You know, So uh, check those out. Uh, what you can also check out is uh, Bruce, yep. the bar no. and uh, restaurant. No. Um, they're uh, they're doing some uh, they're doing some some takeaway, uh, and they'll do that until they can open up again. 
Nice. And um, yeah, they will have a vegan dish and a non-vegan dish and uh, a lovely beer pairing to go along with it. Because they good. are known for making uh, excellent... Uh, the good beers. Good beers down yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, go to Bruce's, uh Facebook page or uh, their website. I'm assuming they have one. Uh, and, uh, and, and and see what kind of food. Uh, see, this uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, you can get uh, potato, leek and mushroom soup. Glazed pork cheeks, bergamot tart, or if you're a vegan, you can go for potato, leek, and mushroom soup, kohlrabi and broccoli, and bergamot tart. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds tasty. Yes. Finally. Oh. Finally. Oh. Um, since we can't go to bars, mm-hmm. maybe you'd like to learn how to make some cocktails. That's what I was thinking, yeah. For free. Oh, what? Yes. That's the other thing I was wondering. Can I do it for free? Well, uh, the course is free. You will have to... It's a BYOB. Um, but yes, if you go to Fredersbarn, dash gratis cocktail courses, it's going to be in Danish, but I'm thinking there will be sort of a list of what you need to get. So you can sort of just watch the bartender. <laughs> is it online? <laughs> it's online. Uh, so, so you just click in, is it? Or do you have to sign up? Um, nope, you don't have to sign up. You just have to, yeah, click and sort of participate. Um, like you want to read, sort of have uh, the ingredients, obviously. Yeah, that yeah, will help yeah, you yeah, so yeah, you can yeah, make yeah, these yeah, cocktails. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you can uh, check it out on uh, shake it dash it shake dash it dot dk. Shake dash it dot dk. All right, yes. so, all right. Uh, yeah, get your cocktail on. Make some blue lagoons. Ooh, what's your favorite cocktail? Oh. I gotta, I gotta be not creative and say uh, old fashioned. Yeah, I do like a good old fashioned. It is a good cocktail. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say espresso martini. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a good espresso martini. Yeah, it has to be really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Negroni, if you're if you're of the bitter um, persuasion, mm. is very nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Make a jigsaw. You making jigsaws? Uh, yeah, I'm telling people to make jigsaws again. They're Ooh. back, baby. They're back. I invested in jigsaws and finally it's coming out to... My chickens are coming home to lay. No. What? Roost. Crack. Uh, Root. Yes. Roost. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those. Somebody. Uh, yeah. Doing a jigsaw. Mm-hmm. How, many, how many pieces? 2,000. Oh. Yeah, I'm, play, I'm, I'm playing with the big boys now. Oh. I'm in the big league now. You eating cherries with the big boys? Ch- eating cherries with the big boys. <laughs> Again, if you listened to last week's episode, you know what that means. Uh, yeah. I'm doing a 2,000 piece jigsaw. Wow. It's brutal. What's it of? Uh, oh, it's cool. It's the seven um, circles of hell, but cart, but in cartoon versions. So it's all like funny little people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Yeah. yeah. But in Jigsaw. But in- <laughs> Do you think that's what he planned when he wrote it? That's probably what he was hoping there for. There was yeah. hoping the Divine Comedy. Somebody <laughs> will take the Divine Comedy and do a fuck off big Jigsaw. <laughs> and then I've made the big time. <laughs> and this is what I think Dante sounded like. Or he sounded like. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a poem. Oh yeah? yeah. What about it? hell? Hell. Oh yeah. Oh, seven of them. Oh, there's seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pfft. What you thought there was one? <laughs> seven of the fuckers. Uh, yeah, I know. So that's yeah, fun. That's what I'm doing. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the hot tips. Thank you, Owen. No worries. All I did was listen. Yeah. But you're a good <laughs> listener. Oh, I got a shock off the mic. Yeah. Um, I am a good listener. Yeah. Not really, but anyway, what do you say? I'm going to say that's the end of the show that's the end of the show well thank you so much uh, check out the Facebook page for links to the things we were talking about yeah uh, thank you very much if you've uh, clicked on the Copenhagen Post mm-hmm. and um, 
Check out the um, Star Wars... Shroud of Destiny. Shroud of Destiny. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you would have seen the trailer up on Facebook already. We've put it up there. But if you haven't looked at it already, go check out our Facebook page and have a look at that. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and that, that, that's the uh, that's the show. Yeah. Thank Sweet. you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It has. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Right. Hmm.